Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Spirit of Prophecy podcast. Appreciate you joining me today. I want to give a little commercial for tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm really excited. I'm going to have Brother Paul Wittenberger on the program. We're going to be talking about his new documentary coming out. And we are going to be talking about some really interesting stuff about the uh, true location of where Jesus died on the cross. And you say, what does that have to do with prophecy? It definitely has something to do with prophecy. So you're going to want to hear tomorrow's program. It's definitely going to be good. I'm really, really getting more and more excited about this documentary. Cannot wait to see it. But today, uh, we're going to have a shorter program today. I mainly today, I just want to take the time to uh, use an illustration. I want to use a audible and a visual illustration to help you understand some things about end times and it, more importantly, how to know if you are hearing the truth or not, because everyone claims to be right. We need something to test out who is actually right. And so I want to show you basically through an, uh, an illustration on my guitar, how you can figure out who is actually right and telling the truth when it comes to these things. This is a uh, illustration I made famous several years ago. I'll probably share that sermon. I'm thinking about sharing that sermon on Monday uh, for the sermon of the week. So be ready for that. But I do want to. I did want to do a video just using this illustration on the guitar, and I think it will be a help to you. So my guitar. We are going to. Uh, this guitar is going to represent my doctrine and what I believe and what I teach as a pastor, each of these strings, they represent different, you could say, uh, categories in doctrine. Okay. My first E string here, it represents my eschatology, my B string here. This represents doctrine on who the people of God are. Uh, this G string, you could say it represents my salvation doctrine. And then the D string represents, uh, we'll say holy living and how to live as a Christian and uh, the A string, you could say, represents the authority of the scriptures and the King James issue. And then the low E string, you could say that represents, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm, I'm out of categories. But anyway, uh, I think you all get the point. Now, if my doctrine, hopefully my doctrine, is all in tune with each other, hopefully it all sounds good together. And what we're seeing right here... I'm playing a chord. I'm playing six notes at once, six different notes, but those notes all blend together and they make a beautiful sound. Now, something that we all hate though is discord. We don't want to hear a song where there's, you know, you know, there's a one note that's out of tune, one or uh, we don't want to hear a quartet where one part is off. It's just kind of painful to listen to. We want to hear we want to hear unity. We want to hear, we want everything to blend together like it's supposed to so we can make beautiful songs. See that? We have a beautiful sound, six different strings all working together. 
And that those are what we call chords. Now, when we have discord, you can say that's when we let one note get off. Just one note. Alright, I just moved, I adjusted my E string, which represents my eschatology. I've only got one string off. I'm still a pretty good guy in my doctrine. I mean, I've got five, all the other categories are right, but my end times doctrine is off. And this is what happens when you're a pre-tribber and you're right on everything else. Your music starts to sound like... Y'all hear that, that one note? It's just something's not right. It's, it becomes painful to listen to. I'm doing the same thing with my hands, but because I've got this one string out of tune, it's messing up the whole song. And it's just, it's painful to listen to. And even if you're not a musical person, you know when something's off. You know when music sounds good and you know when music sounds bad. And that does not sound like a G chord. Something's off and we need to fix it. And that's what happens in the pre-trib world is that one string, man, it just makes that those Baptists, when you think about their doctrine as a whole, it sounds really bad. And it's it's hard to listen to. And there's a lot of people who sit in churches who they uh they don't like it when that pastor has that string out of tune. It's hard for them to enjoy that music or that doctrine in that church. And boy, it'd be nice if people could just get that one string tuned right. But what a lot of pastors are doing though they just end up avoiding that string. And I can do that. I can try that right now. It's kind of hard to do, but let me play and see if I can avoid that string. Well, I accidentally hit it a couple times and it was noticeable when I did. And so a lot of pastors, they will, they'll try to avoid the subject of end times because it's like something's not making sense. But it's hard to because there's a lot of it in the scriptures. You're going to have to touch on it sometimes. And whenever they do accidentally have to touch on it, it's like, oh, I accidentally hit that note. And it is, it's a painful clash and it's something that's hard to listen to. And so, uh, what, sadly though, what a lot of people end up doing is a lot of pastors will avoid the subjects and then they have the specialists come in. They'll have the evangelist, the prophecy guru, the guy who all he does is preach on prophecy. They typically are the last people you want to come in. Pastors are typically the best when it comes to doctrine because they have to preach the whole counsel of God. So typically they're going to be a little more accurate because they're trying to play all the strings on the guitar. You know, and in reality, we should probably be using a harp for an illustration, uh, but I don't know how to play a harp. So we're going to have to stick with the guitar. So when it comes to the prophecy preachers, they can come into a church and they play everything on that one string. Now that one string by itself, this is the out of tune string. It sounds fine by itself. Okay. And I can even play a song on, let's see if I can get this here. Let's see. Hey, I just played a song and it all sounded fine. It was all in tune together, but it was only on one string. And that's the prophecy preacher. All he does is preach in that one subject. He plays a guitar with only one string. And the problem is 
if he was to put the way his eschatology is, if he was to put that with the other doctrines in the scriptures, if he was to put that with the rest of the Bible, that's what it's going to sound like. So he sounds good when he's at your church doing Mary Had a Little Lamb all by himself. But if he was to stick around in your church and then you start, you know, and he has to start touching on those other doctrines, you're going to find out, hey, this guy is not consistent. And everybody wants that consistency. It is painful to listen to music like that. And it's painful to listen to doctrine when they're off on a category, when they're off on one string. Now, sadly, what a lot of people do when they're like, you know, I'm tired. I, I want to preach more of the Bible. I got to preach more than just prophecy or I don't want to avoid prophecy. So what, and, and you can get so beat up for changing. If you get your string on prophecy tuned right, you'll get beat up more in the fundamental Baptist world than if you mess with salvation. And I'm talking about going into dispensational salvation, things like that. People get more upset with if you have a different position on the timing of the rapture than they do dispensational salvation. Shows how messed up your priorities are. That's another subject for another day. But what if I were to, and you can do this on a guitar. So here's my string that's out of tune. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to retune my other strings to be in tune with my pre-trib string. Alright, so... Now the problem is I'm adjusting all my other doctrine. this works right now so i have I've, I've retuned my guitar to fit with my pre-trib string I've, I've, I've adjusted all my other doctrines you could say which is what you have to do if you're going to remain pre-trib and let's see how it sounds now all right sounds good again doesn't it it all sounds good because i have it in tune with my pre-trib string. But now my guitar, now my doctrine represents dispensationalism. Okay, And that's what dispensationalism is. It's like when you tell a lie, you have to tell another lie to cover for the first lie. And then eventually you have to tell another lie to cover for the second lie. And before you know it, you just got a ton of lies. Well, dispensationalism is a very creative man-made method of lies to create a consistency. So when they're given their testimony, it sounds pretty good. The problem is, and something we are not able to do in this illustration, when I did this illustration in our church, we had the, I had tuned my guitar with the piano, and the piano represented the Word of God. And so when I got my guitar tuned with the piano, I was able to play with a song with the piano, and it sounded great because my doctrine was in harmony with the Word of God. When my guitar got out of tune and I played it by itself, it sounded fine because it was in tune with itself. But when I took my dispensational guitar and I played it with the piano, it sounded terrible. And understand dispensationalism by itself, you can make it sound pretty good. But when you start playing it with the entire Bible, the clashes are terrible. And I believe dispensationalism 
is a very, very flawed system. And so that concludes the guitar portion of this. So the big question is, because you can say, well, you know, a pre-tripper can take and use that same illustration. He can just make all those claims about you too. And just, you know, that you get this one string off. You say, we're going to be here for the tribulation. Now you got to start changing on the Jews. You know, they could turn that around and use it on me too, okay? Now, just so everybody knows, I am the first one to use this illustration, okay? And I, I want full credit for that, by the way, too. I use the illustration first, so if a pre-tribber uses it, he stole it from me, I cry foul, I challenge him to debate. But anyway, um, here's how we can tell who actually has the right to use that illustration, okay? And that is who uses all of the scriptures in their preaching. Who, who cover, whose doctrine includes more of the Bible? Again, a better illustration would be on a harp. It's got a lot more strings. But one of the things that we're finding out, especially in the pre-trib world, is there are many places in the Bible they avoid like the plague. In fact, dispensationalism, they have to teach you, and they do teach, that the Pauline epistles conflict with the, the uh, tribulation epistles, Hebrews through Revelation, or the even the Gospels. They will tell you that. But folks, the way we teach all the Bible harmonizes together perfectly. And you know what? It all teaches one salvation. It teaches one people of God. It teaches, you know, it, it, there, there's, a, there's a unity that's there. And in our church and in churches like mine, you typically will hear a lot more preaching from different parts of the Bible and you'll hear more Bible in the preaching than you do in your typical pre-trib church, okay? Now, again, you know, right now we're doing a study through Ezra, okay? And I'm just putting this out there as a test. You can find other churches and other pre-trib pastors who will preach from Ezra and Nehemiah and the major and minor prophets. But you know what you will always hear? This is a big difference between their church and my church. Most of the preaching that you will hear from your pre-trib churches is application preaching. They will go to Ezra and teach life application principles. And it's not wrong to do that. But interpretation is actually more important. What did these scriptures what do these scriptures mean? What is the Bible trying to teach us here? Okay, we can make application, you know, like from the stories of David and Goliath. It's not wrong to make application from those things, but we also need to understand the interpretation. We need to understand what was going on in the story of David and Goliath. First thing we're seeing in there too is this is just one of the great works that David did after God had, uh, had Samuel anoint David to be the next king. This is the beginning of the rise of David and the fall of Saul. That's what we're seeing, doctrinally speaking, in those stories in the Bible because God is about to replace Saul with a man after his own heart. And I, you know, Coincidentally, I think it's a great picture of God replacing a people of faith uh, or replacing the Jews with the people of faith. I believe we are the David and the Jews of the Saul. Uh, you know, and you know, uh, symbolism doesn't prove anything. Uh, pictures aren't the proof, but I do think it's a good example of that. But but either way you look at it, you rarely, rarely from pre-trib churches hear interpretation of passages. Even when they get to prophetic scriptures and revelation and stuff, 
you know, or even Matthew 24, it all turns into life application. They typically will preach something that the writer wasn't even trying to teach. They're pulling a life application from it. You know, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Obviously, tons of life application we can make from that. You should do that. The Bible tells us to do that kind of thing. But there's doctrinal significance too. All of the parables. How often do you hear pre-tribbers talk about the actual meaning of the parable that Jesus was trying to get across in that day to the people he was talking to? No, it's always life application for today, every time. And so I say all that to say that in your dispensational pre-trib world, you do not hear and you will not learn as much of the scriptures. They have to keep their subject matter very limited. And in your typical IFB church today, most of your preaching you hear is life application. It's not wrong, but you, they ought to be able to do the rest of the stuff too. It, their subject matter is very limited. It's typically all preaching about a methodology, you know, lifestyle and things like that. And those are things we should preach on, but we should also preach doctrine as well. We should be explaining these other things and they're not doing it. They're not covering that. Why? Because they have to avoid those strings. They have because they're out of tune. It will create discord. And so understand, just like a somebody who's not a musician is capable of knowing when music is bad, okay? They might not be able to tell you why it's bad. They might not be able to articulate what was wrong with the harmony, who was off, okay? Now, a trained musician, they can listen to an orchestra that sounds bad, and they'll tell you it's because of this part, it's this instrument, whatever. They can listen to a choir sing or even a quartet. This part was off. They, they're trained to recognize all that stuff. But somebody who's not trained, they can still know when something's bad and something clashes, and, and you do, there's... When I, when I had that one string out of tune, you wanted to cringe every time you heard that chord and you heard that string get hit. And a saved person who has the Holy Spirit, they might be new to the scriptures and not know that much yet. But let me tell you, when you start listening to someone's doctrine and it's clashing, you'll feel it. You'll know it. You might not be capable yet of identifying where they're off, but when you're hearing that discord, that disharmony or whatever, I don't know what the best terms are, dissonance maybe, uh, whatever, whatever. The, I'm, I'm not super good at the musical terms. But understand, you'll know it when you hear it. And you know what? Pay attention. That means something's off. Something is wrong with what I just heard. And the Holy Spirit gives you that for a reason. But you know what? Just like a musically illiterate person knows when they hear beautiful music, you'll know too when the preaching that you're hearing is good as a whole. And uh, when you and when you see harmony in someone's doctrine, that's when you can know, hey, this is probably somebody I can listen to. They're playing all the strings on the guitar, and it sounds beautiful. This other person, why do they avoid certain things? Why do they have to avoid Romans 9? Why do they have to avoid Galatians 3 and 4? Why can't they pluck that string? I'll tell you why. Because it's not in tune with the rest of their instrument. It's not in tune with the rest of their doctrine. And so that's why when it comes, even when it comes to eschatology, when it comes to any subject, okay, 
No matter what the subject is, the more you know about the Bible, the more it will strengthen you in every area of the scripture. The more, and, and so just keep that in mind. You might not know a whole lot about, you know, be ready to dive into end times or whatever yet. That's fine. You know what? Study salvation. Studying salvation will keep you away from bad doctrine and end times. You study salvation, you will cringe whenever you hear somebody say they got saved by faith plus works in the Old Testament. You'll be like, whoa, wait a minute. We got a clash here. Something's wrong. You might not even be ready yet to show from the scriptures where they're wrong, but you'll know that's wrong and that you shouldn't listen to them. When they start teaching two raptures and, uh, you know, two different people of God and all that kind of stuff, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and so the more we study anything in the Bible, the more it's going to help us. There, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and all of it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. And so you need to all work on getting your instrument, your doctrine to be in tune. You don't want to have to avoid a string. You don't want to have to avoid a book of the Bible. And you know what? When you notice somebody avoiding something in the scriptures, that's a sign that, that they're probably off in that area. So anyway, just a visual illustration today, shorter podcast, but I hope this was a help to you. And be watching on next Monday for my message. I believe it was called Why Make a Big Deal About End Times. And we'll talk more about that subject. So thank you for watching this. We'll see you all tomorrow. I'll be joined with Brother Paul Wittenberger talking about the new Temple documentary coming out. God bless you. We'll see you all then.